Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use mump fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, mump fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you at now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Come back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk more about Sage Steele because, as we know, she lit a lot of fires over the past week or so after she went on Jay Cutler's new podcast, and she dropped some bombs on there. She said, one, she didn't think Barack Obama was black. And then she came out and said she also thought the fact that Disney slash ESPN, having mandated the jab, was something that, in her her opinion was sick and scary and oh my god the world exploded the world exploded she had to bend the knee to disney espn apologize to them i guess she put out a little statement okay uh saying apologizing i basically what happened is they threatened sage Steele's job let's be real uh you had carrie champion yesterday going on cnn former first take host on espn Sage Steele was her colleague, went on there and bashed the hell out of her, okay? Because in this current climate of our country, you're not allowed to have a differing opinion. Sage Steele is biracial, all right? And, oh, my God, she breaks narratives all over the place, a lot like Candace Owens. 
And, of course, they call Candace Owens a white supremacist. Well, one of the biggest voices in the conservative community is Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, of course, uh, has his website, has his YouTube. He's one of, one of the largest podcasts in all of the United States with thousands upon thousands of listeners. And he has come out and he has slammed, no, he has destroyed ESPN for their hypocrisy of what they've done to Sage Steele. And he's absolutely right. We have sat back for the last four years and listened to how many ESPN personalities bash Donald Trump without a doubt. But Sage still has one opinion that butthurts you about Obama. And now she's riding the pine. They've got her suspended over at ESPN. Well, Ben Shapiro didn't like it, much like we didn't like it. And uh, he's got some things to say about it. Ben Shapiro slams ESPN for vicious bashing of Trump and political hypocrisy. They quote silent Sage Steele for insulting Obama. The drama between ESPN and their conservative talent, Sage Steele, is transcending sports media. And the Daily Wire's Ben Shapiro is the latest to offer the Sports Center anchor some support. We also want to recognize the fact that Ben Shapiro hired Gina Carano after Disney let her go from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Steele, who joined ESPN in 2007, was pulled from their airwaves this week after making several divisive comments during a podcast with former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler. You only deem them divisive because that's what you want them to feel like, media. While her controversial headlines weighed into ESPN's decision, the network ultimately removed Steele from on-air responsibilities after reportedly testing positive for the Wuhan virus. The positive test ironically occurred one week after she blasted ESPN's vaccine mandate as, quote, sick and scary. In addition to criticizing her longtime employer's safety precautions, Still also slandered former President Barack Obama for his racial identity. Quote, I think that it's fascinating considering his black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandmas raised him. Still said of Obama identifying as black on a 2010 census report. Still's comments on Obama vaccine mandates and women in sports media caused her to issue an apology Tuesday morning. Something Ben Shapiro didn't think was necessary. I absolutely agree, Ben Shapiro. Sage is terrific at her job, and she is absolutely great at her job. Shapiro tweeted, but she must be silenced because she thinks differently about vaccine mandates and Barack Obama. Nearly the entire ESPN staff spent four years tearing into Trump in the most vicious terms. How how much did we listen to that? on ESPN's number one rated show, First Take, from Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. My God, Max Kellerman suffers from a heavyweight championship uh, version of Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, he is a lunatic. Still criticizes Obama, and she suspended immediately, the conservative podcaster added. Shapiro previously criticized ESPN for wading into politics, Demanding the network, quote, stick to sports. Something still failed to do while recording a podcast with Cutler. Well, she was not on ESPN at the time there, uh, uh, mediate. 
But Shapiro's ire stemmed from ESPN supposing the inclination to let their employees bash Donald Trump and not Democratic presidents. ESPN appears to employ more talent willing to vocalize their disdain for Trump than personalities who show support for the former Republican president. Well, I'm sure nobody over there wants to openly show it because you will get rid of them. ESP, CNN. But the company has reprimanded people on both sides. Now, I'm about to point something out about the following paragraph that this website gives in their examples because I believe everything has changed since this particular time. When Jamel Hill used her personal Twitter account to call Trump a white supremacist in 2017, ESPN's then-president, woke cocaine cowboy John Skipper, reaffirmed the network's principles and labeled her tweet as one that violated company standards. Two weeks later, Hill was suspended for violating the ESPN social media guidelines, and one year later, they parted ways with her. Former Sports Center anchor Kenny Mayne was also recently stated he was privately reprimanded for making what he believed was a harmless joke about Trump. Mayne and ESPN similarly parted ways earlier this year. It should be noted Kenny Mayne was cut over cost cutting. All right, they deemed his salary too high. Still, who remains a premier talent at ESPN will not be anchoring Sports Center this weekend. There's no timetable for. Their return. Okay, so Ben Shapiro's just talking about the fact that they got a double standard. And look, let us point something out here about uh, John Skipper's uh, brave and stunning and courageous suspension and reprimand of Jamel Hill. I promise you, he wouldn't have done a damn thing if the George Floyd incident had already happened, which changed everything yet again, and it became open season on Donald Trump bashing after fentanyl Floyd, St. Floyd, all bend the knee to Floyd, uh, after that incident happened, it was open season. Any personality on any sports channel, on any media channel, could say whatever they wanted about a conservative, about Donald Trump, you name it, it was open season, okay? It was a license to woke all over the place, after the George Floyd incident. Okay, so let's not call what ESPN did to Jamel Hill, what, four years ago? A level playing field. No, it was a it was a different time than it is even now. Okay? It wasn't uh as as looked upon as highly to quote unquote bash every conservative back then, but after George Floyd it became open season. All right, and let's face it, leftists are even more loony now than they were back then. Okay, so uh, Ben Shapiro's talking about rat now, but he's also, yeah, he's making the point. For four years, we have listened to ESPN personality after ESPN personality go on air and wage war against Donald Trump. Okay, it was one of the reasons the election was never, he was always going to fight an uphill battle because he was battling everybody, mainly the media. The media is the real virus. I mean, there you go. Ben Shapiro's absolutely right. Okay? I mean, my God. Shannon Sharp and all those guys over at FS1, they do the same thing. It's standard operating procedure now in media. Uh, they won't stick to sports. ESPN won't. But the one time a conservative that works for ESPN comes out and voices her opinion, ESPN's got to lose their mind and, and decide they want to suspend her? It's horse shit. It's absolute horse shit. 
It's a double standard. I mean, it's it's utterly ridiculous. But look, I think most of us always know this kind of thing is coming from the leftist media, and that's what ESPN now is. I mean, ESPN is just another version of MSNBC and CNN. In fact, uh, where where did I see Shapiro say that ESPN is MSNBC with football uh, footballs? Sage still is terrific at her job, but she must be silenced because she's got a differing opinion. So, uh, you, he's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have a sports section uh, over at his uh, at his uh, Daily Wire, but Sage still she's she's under fire now. She's under fire. I don't think she should have ever been suspended. Personally, peace. I'm out. Until next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, the 2021 NBA season will probably not be like any other NBA season we have seen in the modern era. Because there's all kind of jab mandates out there and rules in place in the NBA and in cities. It has become extremely political. Now, we said it before, guys, if you want to get the jab, that's your business. If you don't want to get it, that's your business. Check with your doctor to make the best decision possible for yourself. We're not doctors. We're not giving you any type of medical advice, but we will report on what's going on in the NBA when it comes to the jab. Jonathan Isaac plays for the Orlando Magic. He has not been vaccinated and he has no plans to be vaccinated. Now, the NBA does not have a jab mandate in place. But they do have protocols in place when it comes to everything really behind the scenes that you don't see off the NBA court. Unvaccinated players. There are rules and regulations that they need to abide by, folks. And it's pretty pathetic here. It really, really is because Jonathan Isaac is going to be affected by this. And it's very, very sad, guys. So we're going to be diving into all that. In this video, guys, first, check out blackandwhitenetwork.com for exclusive content. By clicking the members tab, you get access to private videos that we post over there on the website, mainly talking about topics that we cannot talk about YouTube. You can see several topics here. We cannot talk about some of these topics on YouTube. Plans just start at $5 per month. But if you don't want to do that, just consider giving a one-time donation by clicking the donation tab. But that said, guys, let's get into this. Unvats Jonathan Isaac barred from eating with team NBA slam for segregation. Now, we heard rumors that this could actually be happening. But I don't think that it was actually confirmed. But this is not a surprise. Jonathan Isaac, because he has not gotten a jab and is not going to get the jab. He really is kind of limited on the interaction he can actually have with teammates 
during the NBA season. It's also been put out there, folks, that even in your home market, you must stay locked down in your home pretty much, except to go to the doctor or go to the grocery store. Other than that, you pretty much can't interact out there in society according to the NBA mandates. But Jonathan Isaac gave an interview with the Blaze. And we're going to react to this because I, I want you guys to hear this directly from Jonathan Isaac himself. This is segregation, folks. So let's go ahead. Let's play this clip here and react to Jonathan Isaac giving this interview to the Blaze. Here we go. And the league will continue its strict regulations this season for unvaccinated players. Um, and then says, you know, if you have to miss any games because you're not vaccinated in a certain city that requires it, you won't get paid for those. Yeah. So Jonathan Isaac goes to a city and he's not jabbed up. He can't play. Then he will not get paid, even though he has a contract. And I believe in his contract. It doesn't say anything about getting a jab in his contract. But I digress. Those game. So is that something that I guess you're just taking into stride and doing everything you can to kind of abide by your own conscience, but also, you know, submit to the regulations that are being put in place? Yeah, I I touched on it a little bit in the press conference where they were like, you know, what happens when the NBA does come out with these regulations? And, you know, I said the NBA is free to make those regulations. And, you know, as a member of the NBA, I'm going to follow them. Um, Yeah, the NBA can make the rules, but is it right? That's another question. Um, but my only point would be, it, to me, it doesn't logically follow for us then to, to jump on the court or for, for me to be in a different locker room than my teammates, but then follow into the same tunnel and to, to go out to the game. Um, it, does, it doesn't really make so much sense. So you have to be in a different locker room, a different part of the bus because you're unvaccinated, but then you get on the court and you do, you know, what players you know, typically exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, because... Some kind of magical way, folks, the virus just automatically disappears when players get on NBA courts. This is pretty much what the NBA is saying right here. You can't be around your teammates in the locker room, but it's okay. The virus just kind of disappears when you're on the court. Is that what the NBA is saying? That makes absolutely no sense. And we have talked about that before. I don't know all of the regulations that have been laid out, but I know some of them would be you know, I'm not allowed to, uh, to to go to like team team functions or if the if the team is eating at a restaurant, I can't eat in the same room as them. You just heard it right there. He confirmed it. The team goes out to a restaurant. He cannot eat with them. This is segregation. Uh, to me, it, it just doesn't logically follow for us then to, to, yeah. to get on the court together. Um, and then again, for natural immunity to be ignored. And then again, just that this all of this is coming about um, talking about a virus with such a high. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I wanted to touch on there. The man cannot eat with his teammates. This is just pure, pure insanity. And the NBA is getting roasted for this. Getting roasted for this. And Jonathan Isaac is not anti-vats. This used to be called segregation. This is what um, some of the people have come out and said about Jonathan Isaac not being able to dine with his own teammates. It says after this interview clip went viral on Twitter, people came out in support of Isaac and condemn NBA's 
vaccine regulations. Quote, this is only going to get worse unless people stop bowing to the government. They're supposed to work for us, one of them said. While another noted, "Uh, I'm old enough to have seen restaurants where certain groups of people could eat, could eat with others. Are we going back to that? I think they meant to say uh, where certain groups of people could not eat with others. A third stated COVID is selective. COVID is not on the court, but only shows up at restaurants and team meetings. Common sense is missing among the so-called elites. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Is the NBA going to come out and say that the virus disappears when NBA games start? And it maybe the virus just wants to take a time off to watch a game. I mean, Really, is that what they're saying? Wow. The next comment, it's all performative. And it goes into natural immunity and uh, that kind of thing right there. A commenter tweeted, uh, this used to be called segregation. Wow. Now that's some Jim Crow shit. (laughs) This needs to end. I mean, this is not good. This is really, really, really not good. And you can see. Uh, some of the tweets right here. I just read it in uh, bulk right there, guys. But what do you guys think of this? This is absolutely insanity, folks. That Jonathan Isaac and people in the NBA that aren't vaccinated, they can't go out and eat at restaurants. So even if, let's say the Magic, the Orlando Magic, came out here to Houston and played the Rockets, There's no mandates in restaurants that you have to get the jab and show your papers to eat at a restaurant. You have the freedom to actually go into a restaurant and eat. But the NBA says, no, you cannot. If you don't get the jab, you're not not violating state rules by going into a restaurant. You're violating our rules. You cannot go out to a restaurant and eat. Because we say so. Unless you get the jab. This is completely ridiculous, folks. This is the NBA mandating segregation out there. This is what they are doing. This isn't the state of Texas. I mean, in Florida also, you know, Florida is completely open and completely free. They don't have mandates like that. This is the NBA's own doing against their own players. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Well, I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Man, we got breaking news. And this is big, involving former NBA players, and not just one, not just two, not just three. 18 ex-NBA players have been arrested. That's right. Thrown in the can over alleged fraud scheme. Involving health care, of all things, including one that, back when I was an NBA fan, was a was a valuable character actor 
on that uh, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, uh, Paul Pierce championship team, Glenn Ben Big Baby Davis. Yikes. Yikes. Let's get to this. This is breaking news. It's from SI. 18 ex-NBA players arrested for alleged healthcare fraud scheme. More than a dozen former NBA players were charged in New York federal court Monday for an alleged healthcare fraud scheme involving the league's health and welfare benefit plan. According to NBC News, Tom Winter and Jonathan Diest. According to the grand jury indictment obtained by NBC News, the defendants allegedly engaged in a scheme lasting from at least 2017 up to around 2020, which sought to defraud the NBA's benefit plan by submitting fake reimbursement claims for medical and dental services that were never actually rendered. Wow. Those allegedly fraudulent claims totaled $3.9 million. Of that, the defendants received about $2.5 million in fraudulent proceeds. Terrence Williams, the number 11 pick in the 2009 draft by the Nets, allegedly orchestrated the scheme, which is reportedly included, wow, Sebastian Telfair, Darius Miles, Glenn Davis, Shannon Brown, Will Bynum, Chris Douglas Roberts, Jamario Moon, and Tony Allen, among others. Allen's wife, Desiree Allen, is the only woman non-player charged with the indictment. According to NBC News, Williams led the scheme and recruited others to participate, allegedly offering them fake invoices to support their false health plan claims. In the indictment, Williams is accused of receiving kickback payments totaling at least $23,000 in return for providing alleged false documentation. He also allegedly impersonated an individual who processed plan claims at one point. All right, and there's another... um, 18 former NBA players have been arrested. A welfare benefit plan out of approximately $4 million. And let's see, there are more players involved. Melvin Eli, Jamario Moon, Milton Palacio, Ruben Patterson, Eddie Robinson, Gregory Smith, and Charles Watson Jr., Terrence Williams, Antoine Wright, and Anthony Roden. So, wow. Uh, A lot of scrubs there. A A lot of NBA scrubs, guys that did not do what they were supposed to do in the league as players. I guess they decided defrauding the league for health care payments was a better way to go instead of learning how to be better at basketball. Wow. As if the NBA doesn't have enough black eyes, black eyes from all the horrible things that they have done over the past couple of years in making its league look bad. Now you've got 18 former players that have been arrested in federal court for defrauding health care claims. Four million. And what's nuts about this is the guy that uh, headlined this, uh, let's see, it was uh, Terrence Williams. He only pocketed $23,000 in this scheme. Good God, man! You're you're all you've all been arrested over a few thousand dollars. Some of these players are absolute idiots. Wow, this looks terrible. I'm sure Adam Silver will have to make some kind of a statement. I would assume involving 
so many players that played in his league. Wow, that's nuts. That's nuts. The NBA, the Marxist NBA of China keeps on bringing the hits, don't they? The season's coming. I can't wait to see how bad your ratings are. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well, we've got two different entities involved here. We've got Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets player, point guard, who has said he's not getting the jab. Not going to happen. Well, Brooklyn last night put Kyrie on the out slash ineligible to perform list going into Friday night's game at home because of New Jersey's loony-ass unvaccinated indoor policies. Well, former one half of the former team of Woke Center, former ESPN employee, social justice warrior, hater of Trump, and just plain old-fashioned good Democrat lunatic, Jamel Hill has come out, and she has made some comments, and she is driving the bus over Kyrie Irving. Now, it should be noted that she was on MSNBC because at this point, Jamel Hill doesn't really have a platform. I think she's got a show with Carrie Champion on Vice. I don't know what the hell a Vice is. But, uh, yeah, that's where she's been regulated to after being at the Worldwide Leader in Woke. Well, let's get to Jamel going in on Kyrie Irving because he's exercising his personal freedoms to not get the jab. Jamel Hill chides... Kyrie Irving on MSNBC for refusing to get vaxxed, further endangering the black community. Oh, so, so so dramatic. As the start of the NBA season rapidly approaches, Kyrie Irving remains one of the league's few players who are refusing to get the jab. Sports journalist, we use that term loosely on this channel when referring to Jamel Hill. Has she ever written a damn thing worth reading? Jason Whitlock swears up and down, no, I think he's right, is imploring him to consider the impact he's having his decision has on others. Well, Kyrie Irving could be thinking, if you're that scared to get out of the house, just stay in the house forever. While the NBA cannot mandate the vaccine without approval from the Players Association, it doesn't excuse them from local city laws. If Irving continues to refuse the jab, New York City's indoor vaccine mandate will prevent him from entering the Brooklyn Nets arena for home games, costing the superstar nearly half of his $35 million annual salary. But according to Hill, the cost of refusing the vaccine will be more than financial for Irving. Because Kyrie is such a thoughtful person, I really want him to look at the bigger picture here. Hill told Nicole Wallace, on MSNBC. The bigger picture is that the virus is disproportionately impacting his community. Here we go. He's a Native American, Hill explained on Irvin, uh, of Irving on MSNBC's deadline. White House, good God. And what the disease has done to Native American indigenous communities is just devastating. Boy, she's hitting all the good social justice terms, isn't she? 
The same has happened in the African-American community as well. Most of the NBA is setting an example, a positive example for fans, with more than 95% of the league already vaccinated against the Wuhan virus, a percentage exceeding that of the NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh, they're brave, stunning, and courageous over at the Marxist NBA of China. But as a superstar and vice president of the NBA Players Association, Irving's refusal to get the vac- to get vaccinated carries weight among his peers and community. Quote, with somebody in a position of leadership and influence, he needs to think about how his message is received by the people who look up to him, who watch him, who idolize him. Ah, we'll get to that. He'll continue to everybody that watches Irving doesn't have millions of dollars. He's got to really think, is he really being responsible in how he's using his platform that he's been gifted with? And so I would love for him to see this and as an opportunity to really speak to the communities he cares about and not further endangering them by holding out from these vaccinations. Irving, play the role of the zombie and get in line. Yeah, Irving has not publicly addressed his vaccine hesitancy, but in recent Rolling Stones report, claimed the superstar has bought into some wild conspiracy theories connecting the jab to the plan of Satan to control the black community. Well, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, black and white sports fans, but my favorite basketball player of all time is Charles Barkley, okay? And Chuck, at one time, famously said, I'm not a role model. He said that in a commercial, I believe. I'm not a role model. He goes out there, he plays ball, he goes home. Kyrie Irving goes out there, he plays ball, sometimes, and he goes home. All right, now I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan in the world, but as with all of these NBA players, I want to be fair to them in the fact that, look, I applaud them for exercising their personal freedoms. Look at the mayor up there, de Blasio, for crying out loud. We're finding out about all his indiscretions in the last day or so, okay? And we've seen how DeSantis and Abbott have handled the Wuhan virus in places like here in Texas and in Florida. And the numbers are what the numbers are. The numbers are positive without getting too specific for YouTube. But you get my point, okay? And uh, so Irving has decided for his own reasons he's not going to get the jab. So that's going to lead people that in the past has supported people like Kyrie to now turn on him and attack him. Now, if there's one benefit to all this drama is we're getting to see all this woke-on-woke crime, which is pretty good. It's pretty fun to see. Okay, it's fun to see that uh, the people that they probably voted into office, if you get my drift, are now coming back to bite them in the ass, much like... He's biting everybody else in the ass that helped him get in, supposedly, if you get my drift. So, you know, in a lot of ways, yeah, some of these NBA stars have got this shit coming on to them uh, from their own doing, some of their own uh, vocalness pre-election. You know, I, I commend LeBron for the fact that he's willing to step out there and say it's a personal choice. But you brought this on your own players yourself, too. So all you guys partially own this. 
And Jamel Hill, well, she's still a lunatic, okay? You had her last week feuding with Des Bryant because she's still out there hawking the lies of Colin Kaepernick. Everything is about race. And, of course, she brought race into this. Jamel Hill, that's her. That's how Jamel Hill gets paid. And she goes out there and she instills fear into the black community. And she is telling Kyrie, become a zombie, fall in line, and become one of the sheep. Yeah, she's one of the herders. You get my drift? Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Jamel Hill's a joke. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, Raiders head coach John Gruden is in serious hot water right now, folks, because of an email he sent 10 years ago. The Internet is forever. Whatever you write, whatever you email, whatever you post on social media is always there for eternity. And John Gruden is finding out the hard way today because John Gruden sent an email criticizing NFL PA chief DeMaurice Smith. And the league has come out and condemned this statement. And I do believe that John Gruden is going to get in some, he's going to get some type of punishment for this, even though it was 10 years ago. But you know, DeMaurice Smith is a black man. John Gruden is a white man. And we're living in super woke times right now. So I have no doubt about it. John Gruden will be punished for what he said about DeMaury Smith. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. John Gruden apologizes for using racist trope in email about NFL PA chief DeMaury Smith. It says here, Las Vegas Raiders coach, head coach, I should say. John Gruden has apologized for a decade old email in which he invoked a racist trope about NFL PA executive director, Demory Smith, according to the Wall Street Journal. Both Smith and the NFL have condemned the statement. The email was reportedly sent in July 2011 when the NFL and his union were locked in a labor dispute. After the league's players voted against ratifying a new collective bargaining agreement, Gruton, then working as an analyst for ESPN's Monday Night Football, reportedly sent the following email. So John Gruton said this. Dumoris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. So John Gruden says this about a black man talking about his lips. This is not going to go over very well whatsoever, folks. It says here, large lips often used as a trope in anti-black cartoons and other imagery. The email was reportedly sent to Bruce Allen, then the president of the team now known as the Washington football team, and came to light during the NFL's investigation into claims of workplace misconduct in the organization. So this had really, they weren't even really looking for this. This had all to do with uh, Dan Snyder's team with the uh, allegations that came out months ago. 
But um, it says here in the interview with the journal, Gruden reportedly said he doesn't recall writing the email, but apologized for what he said. Quote, I'm really sorry, he said. Gruden has Gruden said he had been angry at the time because of the lockout and didn't trust the direction the players led by Smith were going in uh, the, the negotiations. He said he has in the past referred to people he believes to be lying as rubber lips and that he took it too far. Well, obviously, you know, this is very, very unprofessional, you know, especially when you're discussing, you know, a league business. You shouldn't be saying stuff like that, no matter how you feel about the person. He says, quote, I was upset. Gruden said I used a horrible way of explaining it. I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's a liar. Gruden said I don't have a racial bone in my body. And I've proven that for 58 years. Gruden has been the head coach of the Raiders since 2018 when he signed a record 10 year, $100 million contract to return to coaching after nine years with ESPN. Per the journal, the NFL is reviewing Gruden's status with the Raiders for potential discipline. It also released a statement condemning the email. Quote the email from John Gruden, uh, denigrating uh, Demory Smith is appalling, abhorrent, and wholly contrary to the NFL's values, the NFL said. We condemn the statement and regret any harm that is publication may inflict on Mr. Smith or anyone else. Meanwhile, Smith laid into Gruton's language, calling it emblematic of the racism men like him can face in the league. Quote, this is not the first racist comment that I've heard, and it probably will not be the last. This is a thick skin job for someone with dark skin, just like it always has been for many people who look like me and work in corporate America, Smith said. You know, people are sometimes saying things behind your back that are racist, just like you see people talking right about you using thinly coded and racist language. Racism like this comes from the fact that I'm at the table as they are and they don't think someone who looks like me belongs, Smith said. I'm sorry my family has to see something like this, but I would rather they know I will not let it defy me. Racism like this comes from the fact that I'm at the same table as they are, and they don't think someone who looks like me belongs, Damori Smith said. So he is essentially calling John Gruden a racist with these statements. Wow. Both the Raiders and Allen reportedly did not have a comment for the journal. So, wow. What do you guys think of this? John Gruden under fire. The Maurice Smith pretty much calling him a racist. The NFL, I believe, is going to end up coming down pretty hard on him. If not the Raiders themselves, uh, could he actually lose his job? Should he lose his job? I'm not a proponent of um, somebody losing a job, but. There's no doubt about it that the NFL is going to give some type of a discipline to John Gruden. It, it will not be a slap on the on the hand, I believe. I believe it's going to be something serious. I truly do. Uh, Damari Smith coming out pretty much laying into uh, John Gruden. I mean, everything he said pretty much was saying that John Gruden is a racist based on what he said. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans.
John Gruden under fire. Man, do you think he's going to keep his job? Will, will the Raiders actually let him go over this? Or what kind of discipline do you think that the NFL will put on John Gruden for these comments? Now, I don't believe for one second that John Gruden didn't remember uh, sending this uh, email. I just don't. I'm not buying into that. But one thing, he apologized for it. You know, so it is what it is. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for a Black and White Live well, for many of us, we've been trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. For a lot of people, it's been sooner than later. Here in Texas, down in Florida, things have been more normal, <laughs> relative speaking, never mind the other stuff going on in the country, but at least the way we handled the Wuhan virus, we try to live our life as close to normal as we can these days. And in other places, some parts of Louisiana, that's true too, uh, Louisiana is only an hour and a half from me. Uh, but LSU had made a decision earlier that they were going to require some some different things in order to get into their football games. Well, it seems that LSU is now reversing course. And before I jump out there and refer to LSU as being brave, stunning, and courageous for having rewarded people for do making this decision... Number one, I'm not too thrilled that you made the decision to begin with, okay? Uh, number two, I'm going to point something out, and it's got to do a hell of a lot with money. Uh, plain and simple. Money that's about to flood in from Florida. LSU suspends vaccination and negative test requirements for fans. Two months ago, LSU announced a vaccine mandate for those attending home games citing the Delta variant and the need to keep hospitals from being, quote, overburdened. A negative COVID test within 72 hours of game day also sufficed under controversial policy, which has largely was largely implemented in major Democratic urban centers. The school, however, today reversed course, announcing to end the policy altogether. LSU fans will no longer need to show any form of of Wuhan virus protection to enter famed Tiger Stadium. No vaccination or negative testing. The new policy goes into effect on October 16th against Florida, the Gators. The Tigers play on the road tomorrow in Lexington against Kentucky. The reversal in course illustrates a willingness to assess data in real time, make decisions that both serve the consumer and acknowledge the realities of the virus, Kudos to the administration for making a common-sense change instead of blindly following leftist lemmings off a cliffside. Okay. Yeah. And look, for LSU fans, for people in that area, great. I think this was the right thing to do. It should have been done in the beginning. Now let us point out the fact that that area and that stadium is about to be flooded with Florida Gator fans, okay? Okay. 
Now, who's the governor in Florida? His name is Ron DeSantis. And Florida's been running like normal for a good long while now without any major restrictions like negative testing and uh, proof of vaccination or anything like that. And it just so happens with the Florida Gators coming in, they decide to drop this restriction because a lot of those fans are not used to having to comply with this sort of thing. People that's going to come in from the area and going to bring revenue, okay? Yeah, dollars and cents, I get it. It does make some sense from that standpoint. But let's not act like they jumped out there and just decided to do LSU fans a favor either, okay? This has to do with the big game coming in, Florida Gators coming in, and the fact that those fans are not used to those restrictions and they don't want a negative light being shined on the school, so they lifted this mandate. Plain and simple. I, I'm sorry when I first saw this, I was like, oh, wow, good job, LSU, until I saw it was Florida coming in and those fans coming into the area with their dollars and cents with them Coming from a Ron DeSantis state, I was like, oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so it's lifted conveniently with the Florida Gators coming in. Gotcha. And, yeah, that, that stadium's going to be full, uh, full full of fans. Ought to be, should be, I hope, a good game. But we'll see. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Peace. I'm out till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well... In this Urban Meyer saga that's been going on, of course, after the viral video of him uh, dancing, he wasn't dancing, the girl was grinding up against Urban Meyer. Of course, somebody got it on video, and it went mega viral. Mega viral. And there's been a lot of fallout from that, not only involving the girl, right, who uh, evidently can't even leave her house now because of this supposed scandal some people are calling it a scandal i shit you negative and of course a lot of real fallback coming from the nfl side because urban essentially abandoned his team after a loss that is the strangest thing about that and of course the girl thing being married is bad on optics it is you're the ceo of a football team essentially but the one person that we hadn't heard from is tim tebow and Tim Tebow just breaking news, just come out, made comments about his buddy, him and Urban Meyer very close. Urban coached him down in uh, at, at with the Florida Gators, and of course, Urban gave him a tryout at tight end uh, in the off season, coming into training camp to try to make the club to establish culture of all wordings to use that Urban Meyer has used, he went with the words culture earlier in building culture for the Jaguars. All right, Urban. Uh, look, and I took that completely serious. I did until this. I'm praying for Urban Meyer amid bar scandal. 
Tim Tebow appeared to be on the verge of tears when addressing Urban Meyer, the bar scandal, saying he's praying for his friend and former coach's family during this, quote, heartbreaking situation. The Heisman Trophy winner who played for Meyer at Florida from 2006 to 2009 and briefly with the Jacksonville Jaguars this season addressed the incident on ESPN's first take Friday, and it's clear he's distressed about it. Tim Tebow says he gave advice to Urban in the days following, quote, a very difficult week, suggesting he apologize, learn from, and never repeat his actions. Good advice from Tim Tebow. Quote, I know this weighed so heavy on his heart, and he is hurting, Tebow said. This is not something that I think anybody in his family takes slightly. This is a very serious situation. It's a very disappointing situation, but I know that Coach isn't taking it lightly. Tebow believes football can be a good outlet for Meyer to move past the situation and build up his reputation again, adding it could help him escape the media, quote, circus that has been going on. Quote, I agree for some people they would need to take a timeout in this situation, he added. But for him, he loves the game so much that he might be able to pour in a little bit into the game, into his team, into his coaching staff, and at the same time, spend a lot of time with his family. Tebow says Urban will work endlessly to earn his family's trust back and mend their relationship. I really believe at the bottom of my heart that the coach loves Miss Shelley and his family so much, and I've seen that for years and years and years. I think this was a moment where he put himself in the wrong place and he was in the wrong state of mind and he had too much to drink and that led to bad decisions. Wow. Uh, That's the first time I think I've blatantly heard alcohol talked about. Urban has spoke publicly behind closed doors with his team over the past week, calling his actions stupid. Meyer's wife also quit social media after receiving hate from internet trolls, saying, quote, we all made mistakes, we are all sinners. Wow, yeah. So, that's some pretty deep words. That's some pretty deep words there from Tim Tebow. It really is. Um, you can tell... He did have a conversation with Urban. He brought a, he, he he put it out there. Urban had too much to drink. Now look, there were photos out there where you could blatantly tell that Urban was an inebriated. Okay, and of course, I'm sure that played a role in his judgment. You know, that's what it does. Now, I'm not saying I don't drink, but I'm just saying, look, once again, you stayed behind while your team left and flew back to Florida. That's the strangest thing about all of this. Chuck Pagano, several other people involved with the NFL, almost anyone I've heard about, Chris Sims yesterday, said it was the weirdest thing. He said John Gruden, Bill Belichick, who is two coaches that Chris Sims played for, he said never in a million years would those two football lunatics ever, ever had left their team behind to stay like Urban Meyer just did. I don't know. I like Urban. I know people think I don't. Look, this is news, and it's got to be covered, but I was really rooting for Urban in Jacksonville 
I hope he still has success. I hope Urban can come back from this. I do. Um, if he look, if he can't come back in the NFL, he'll certainly come back. He'll certainly come back in college. Okay, a large college program will hire him at record speed. USC or any other big college program. This didn't. This will not affect Urban going back to college and getting a high-profile job. It just, it just won't. Tell me what you think, Tim Tebow. We've been waiting for we've been waiting for Tim Tebow to say something. Now Tim Tebow's put it out there, gave us a little peek behind the scenes, had a long talk with Urban, I guess, and he just flat said, "Disappointing, sad." Hmm. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Live fans, let's talk about two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Actually, the top two quarterbacks, in my opinion, of all time. I'm talking about Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Now, Tom Brady is 44 years old. He's still performing at an extremely high level. He's an MVP candidate. Wherever you have him, he's definitely in the top five, in my opinion, for this season, even at his advanced age. Now, Joe Montana was the previous GOAT before Tom Brady took that title away from him. Joe Montana, two-time league MVP, four-time Super Bowl MVP. The man was the greatest of all time before number 12, Tom Brady, took that title from him. Now, Tom Brady has always said he wanted to play until age 45. And over the last few months, there's been more speculation, you know, Tom Brady's trying to push it to 50. I don't know if that's going to happen, but now Joe Montana speculates that Tom Brady can actually play until get this guys, not 50, not 55, but age 60. So we're going to be diving into that in this video, guys. But first, make sure you guys go over to blackandwhitenetwork.com. Check out the material that we have over there. We also have exclusive content just for members. If you click the membership tab. You'll get access to private videos. Membership plans just start at $5 per month. But if you don't want to do that, just consider giving a one-time donation by clicking the no donation tab. Let's get into this, guys. NFL legend Joe Montana believes Tom Brady could play until he's 60. He's hardly ever getting hit. Montana believes as long as Brady is Brady can physically throw the ball, he can play. Now, Tom Brady's arm strength, it really hasn't been any type of drop off. Does he have the greatest arm in the world? No, he does not. But his arm is very strong. And I do believe that his arm has been pretty underrated, you know, throughout his career. But it says here, Buccaneer star Tom Brady suggested he can play until he's 50 years old in a tape segment for the team prior to his game against the Atlanta Falcons back in week two. One NFL Hall of Famer believes Brady, 44, 
could play even longer. San Francisco 49ers legend Joe Montana, who was also Brady's childhood idol, recently spoke to USA Today, and he floated the idea that the seven-time Super Bowl champion could play until he's 60 years old. The reason? Brady hardly gets touched by defenses. Now, guys, I'm the biggest Brady fan there is. I believe he's the GOAT. Now, when he said that he could play to 45, was I a, was I a bit skeptical about that? Yeah, just a little bit. I never thought he was going to fall off a cliff, you know, like Matt's Kellerman. But I didn't even really see him being this great. I thought he would still be very good. But Tom Brady has been great. Now, Tom Brady's talking about 50. That seems like a bit of a stretch, you know, just because... Joe Montana says that he doesn't get hit. You still do get popped. And you still need to recover. And I'm pretty sure that even at age 44, it's a bit more difficult for Tom Brady to recover from game to game. This man eats right. Uh, The TB12 method, you know, it's working. It's definitely working. But 50, that seems a bit of a stretch. I still think that Tom Brady could be a capable quarterback at 50. But man, that's a stretch. But now Joe Montana talking about 60. Wow. Let's let's read what he says. Quote, they don't even touch him. Montana told the newspaper. He's hardly ever getting hit. So he could play until maybe 60. I don't know. It's all it's always about the physical part. How long can you handle that part of it? The way it is with the rules today, he just doesn't take those big hits anymore. Montana added, yeah, he he gets hit on occasion, but it's never one of those 300 uh, pounds compression on compressing you into the ground. They stop that from being legal. They just don't do that anymore. Montana believes as long as Brady can physically throw a ball. And as long as his offensive line protects him. The Buccaneers star can play for years to come. Now, I do believe he can play for many years to come. And granted, Tom Brady has definitely benefited from the rule changes. I mean, by the 1990 rules to the rules today. Yeah, quarterbacks are definitely protected. But still, quarterbacks still do get hit. Now, Tom Brady has been very, very smart to actually just throw the ball away. Versus, you know, trying to, you know, create something out of nothing. Now, that's what that's what I believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to do in changing his game, because this guy will go out there. He'll run around. He better cut that out or else he will not be playing until age 40. So Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening, uh, you need to cut that out. You need to change your game on that because you're not going to last very long because the players on defense, they still are allowed to hit. It may not be what it was, you know, back in the day, but this is still the hurt game. It is. But Tom Brady playing the 60, I believe Joe Montana, that's just a stretch. That is. I mean, I'm a week older than Tom Brady. Um, I'm 44. I'm not a world-class athlete, but that's just way too much of a stretch. Joe Montana was probably being sarcastic. I'm not really sure. But what do you guys think? Do you think Joe Montana was being sarcastic about Tom Brady playing till 60? 
I don't think Tom Brady even wants to play the 60. Does he want to play the 45? Definitely. Does he want to play the 50? That's a maybe. Now, Giselle may have a lot to say about that because Giselle may be the one that ends up dragging Tom Brady off the field. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white live fans. Do you think Tom Brady can play the 60? That's even too much of a stretch for me as a big time Tom Brady fan. He's the goat of goats. But 60? Nah, I don't see that happening. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Live. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Okay. Let's get into the Urban Meyer thing again because... We're starting to have more and more people involved with the NFL that's starting to weigh in on this. I heard a little bit from Keyshawn Johnson today, and he said he never, ever heard of a coach not flying back, not going back with his team, much less under the circumstances of being 0-4 and right now not looking very good in the NFL. And, of course, we're referring back to Urban Meyer, the viral video, the bar video. Uh, his family has come out, made some comments on it. And, of course, lurking in the background, not only are you 0-4, but there's a USC college football job out there, okay, which many people believe Urban Meyer may be interested in, okay? Urban looks stressed. And even if he was 4-0, the optics of the situation would look poor, and I've seen a lot of people go, but players do this all the time. Surely to God you expect more out of your NFL head coach than you do the players. Okay? The, on, the only player that I would put up there in the, the area code of a head coach would be your franchise quarterback. That's it. That is it. There's been some things that don't make a lot of sense, like the fact that Urban said, oh, yeah, I got Shad Khan's approval, but then when asked about it again, he referred to Trent Balky, the GM. Hmm, okay, some things are not adding up there. And I got to tell you, I'm not here to be the moral police. The dancing video looks bad, okay, under the circumstances of your team losing, yada, yada, yada. And yes, they do tend to take a day off after a Thursday night game. By they, I'm talking about players not the coaches not the coaches the coaches usually go back and they get right back to work find out what didn't work in the game and start game planning ahead and in this case for the titans mike vrabel somebody that used to be on one of his coaching staffs in college somebody that's familiar with urban so urban needs to work double time to get ready for the next game well on the pat mcafee show today Former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano, and frankly, I like Chuck Pagano, came out and he echoed some of the things that I heard from Keyshawn Johnson. I'm hearing from other people, but the way he says this is the most interesting part. Um, 
involving him deciding to take a day off. Different aspect of Urban Meyer drama bothers former NFL coach. Urban Meyer's appearance in a viral video over the weekend after the Jaguars lost to the Bengals was the talk of the NFL world as the team looked to win its first game of the season. There was one particular aspect of the former uh, former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano took issue with, and it wasn't necessarily the woman, who is not Meyer's wife, dancing near him at the bar. It was that Meyer elected to stay in Ohio and didn't immediately fly back to Jacksonville with his team. And he comes out, and he actually talks about this on video. And let's play the video right now. Urban Meyer, and I know the coaching fraternity is probably a buzz right now with everything going on down in Jacksonville because there's only 32 NFL head coaches. You know, there's only this job is obviously you said last week it's a lonely one, but it's also a tough one, obviously. That's why it is the highest level in the men's league. Everything that's going on with Urban Meyer and off the field, the viral video stuff, I don't. Oh, I don't think to myself, you know, I want to hear what Chuck Pagano thinks about what's going on at Urban's Chop House. But what I do think about is, what does Chuck Pagano think about a head coach not flying back with his team, right? And AJ is in Green Bay. We had Lombardi on, Paisan. He's been in uh, Raiders, uh, Cleveland. He's been in New England. He's been around, he said, 25, 30 years. You've been in the game a long time. He, none of us have ever heard of this. And this is something that is very, I think that is call for a concern, let alone all the distractions that happened after that. Your thoughts on that, and did that ever cross your mind? Yeah, I was uh, blown away. I mean, first of all, I thought when those pictures of video came out, I said, okay, someone had to Photoshop this guy into this deal. You know, and then when you come out and you say, okay, this is for real, and that this is ex- right after the game and you didn't fly back, with I've never heard of that in my entire life. 37 years of coaching, um, I never saw the head coach miss. I, I I never once um, ever thought about not doing that. Win or, win or lose, whatever the circumstances. Again, I don't know the circumstances surrounding Urban and the family and staying back and, you know, hey, I want to get out of Dodge. I need to clear the head. You know, everybody needs to. You don't get to do that. <laughs> you sign the contract as a head football coach. You don't get to check out. And it's only the fourth week of the season. Where's he going to be after eight games, nine games? You don't get to do that. Wow. Meyer said Wednesday he had discussed not flying back with general manager Trent Baalke. He said he thought at the time it would be a good chance for him and the team to clear their heads. Again, the head coach doesn't get to do that. The head coach needs to go back to work the next day. I thought at the time this was a chance for everybody to clear their head, including myself, with my family located where we were to spend a day or two with them and then get back because I knew I wanted them to get out of Dodge too and clear their heads. What are they what are they dealing with right now that the family needs to hang back? Okay, because as far as I know, I assume Jacksonville is not hammering Urban's family over an 0 4 record as of yet. So his wife jumped off Twitter today, said she was done with the hate. Okay, okay. I mean, I understand the part about a lot of people are saying they're not offended by the girl dancing, whatever. Okay, that's fine. I worked corporate for 12 years. I was a manager. Had I been married and I'd done that with a girlfriend, guess what? I would have lost my corporate management job in rural East Texas. They would have canned my ass. Why? Because I'm representative of the company at the time. 
in a high-level position. Optics, folks. Optics. I know people don't like that take. I don't care. It was fact. Okay? I was told, you're under salary. We've got you 24-7. Plain and simple, what you do, if I would have went out and done that viral video, if I would have gotten drunk and got a DUI, anything like that, I'd have been canned. It'd have been a it'd have been a wrap, okay. And we're talking about a head coach of a billion dollar NFL franchise. And now I've heard it wasn't just Keyshawn. It hasn't been just Chuck Pagano. Chris Sims echoed it today on Pro Football Talk. He's never heard of that. He was like John Gruden, Bill Belichick. They would never step away from the team like that to stay back to clear their heads. He was like, head coaches by nature are lunatics. They're go, go, go. And that, of course, is raising doubts with Urban and his coaching future in the NFL. So, it was interesting to hear uh, somebody on video come out and say it. Chuck Pagano, who, of course, dealt with an illness. Um, I thought he was sort of an underrated coach, but the Colts wanted him out. Uh, although I do like Frank Wright as well. I won't kid you about that. Uh, I think Chuck might get a second chance one day. Who knows? Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. I know we're talking a lot of urban, but until the USC coaching job closes, until there seems to be sort of a a simmering down of this, it's going to be a story. It's still a story. Uh, my God, Pro Football talked about this for at least 20, 30 minutes on their show today. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Well, one of the biggest stories going on out there right now is all the drama involving ESPN and SportsCenter anchor Sage Steele. The other day, Sage Steele went on with Jay Cutler on his podcast, and she made a lot of comments that got a lot of leftists up in arms. Oh, they didn't like what she had to say. She also pushed back against the narrative of her company forcing the jab onto her. Well, Sage broke down, got the jab, and just so happens around the same time, tested positive for the virus. That's right. Well, because of her comments she made regarding Barack Obama and the jab, Disney-owned ESPN has suspended Sage Steele. Well, as you can imagine, the mainstream media is all over that. And one of her former colleagues, somebody that I used to like on ESPN, I thought she had a lot of talent. I thought she was good at her job. I thought her delivery was good. I thought she was deliberate. And unfortunately, she's no longer with ESPN. And when she left, I guess her and Jamel Hill got together and created their own woke show called We won't stick to sports. And as you can imagine, it's a social justice nightmare. Well, Carrie Champion went on last night in standard operating procedure, went on CNN. That's right. Yeah, the other worldwide leader in woke. 
went on there and she decided to slam Sage Steele for her remarks about everything. Barack Obama, I don't know what your trigger is involving Obama, but okay, we'll get to that. And of course, she didn't like the fact that Sage said some things about women and she didn't appreciate it. And of course, CNN is the platform that would have her on so she could blast Sage. Carrie Champion blasts former ESPN colleague Sage Steele on CNN. She clearly has an issue with women. Sage is a woman, Carrie. God. ESPN Sage Steele made headlines that proceeded to transcend sports media last week after a divisive interview with former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler, who's got a podcast and it's damn good. The comments were controversial enough for ESPN to consider pulling the Sports Center anchor from their airwaves, a decision the network ultimately moved forward with after Still reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. Still's former ESPN colleague, Carrie Champion, joined CNN's New Day Wednesday morning to express her frustration with someone she used to look up to. Why would you not still look up for her? She's got an independent voice. She thinks for herself. She thinks outside of the box. She's not an effing zombie. That seems like pretty good qualities to me, Carrie Champion. Quote, a lot of people, regardless of her experience or how she chooses to identify for many years related to Sage as a brown girl at ESPN. Let's just bring color right into this. Okay. You didn't even, you didn't waste no time, Carrie Champion. Sage as the brown girl at ESPN or someone they could look up to or could inspire to be like, Champion told CNN's Brianna Kohler. And my reaction was simply disappointed. Still didn't stick to sports during her chat with Cutler, blasting ESPN for enforcing a sick and scary COVID vaccine mandate, lashing out at women in the media for their attire, and questioning the racial identity of former President Barack Obama. Quote, it, is, uh, it also shows that there is just a lack of aware, uh, unawareness on her part, Champion said of Steele who questioned why Obama identified as black on a recent census. Quote, and there's no one there to say that sounds a little strange, don't you think, Sage? Well, if Sage still believes there's a reason to question his identity and what he chose on his census, and that's Sage's opinion, she's not allowed to give it? Really? For you to say that about the former president, it's actually disrespectful. Maybe Sage doesn't respect Obama all that much. I happen to know a lot of people that uh, don't respect President Obama as much as everybody wants you to. Keller went on to play a clip of Steele's shocking comments about how women dress in sports media. Quote, when you dress like that, Steele said, on Uncut with Jay Cutler, I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you're putting that outfit on, too. Champion goes on to say, that's dumb. I don't have any other eloquent way to say that. Champion fired back on her on CNN. She clearly has issues with women. Her statements, while being anti-black, probably wouldn't have been a big issue for me. Don't lie. It would have triggered you. But now she's anti-woman, and that's a big no-no. That is absolutely not what she said. She did not say she was anti-woman at all. She said, possibly take a little pride in yourself if you read between the lines don't dress like a flues take your job seriously 
go out there and do it and don't try to be a sex symbol at the same time as the only way to get eyes o- upon you. There, did I clear that up for you, Carrie Champion? Yeah, okay. Quote, this is a this business in particular, which is male-dominated business, really doesn't lend itself to be friendly towards women. Champion continued, so if you have a woman who's at the top of her game saying she's not going to help o- another woman because of the way she dressed, all that does is push us further down. Still did a- issue an apology for her comments Tuesday morning after she announced she would be off air from ESPN this week. Quote, I know my recent comments created controversy for the company, and I apologize, still wrote. We are in the midst of an extremely challenging time that impacts all of us, and it's more critical than ever that we communicate constructively and thoughtfully. So in other words, ESPN made Sage bend the knee in order to keep a job. That's pathetic. People can't have their own opinions these days. So... And I gave my commentary throughout that. But, again, she never said that she's actually against women in sports or that she would not go out and help some woman or man, by the way. do I've I've seen Sage Steele. She's great at her job. If I was a male on the job and I needed tips and I wanted pointers and I was looking for a mentor, Sage Steele would be a damn good one, in my opinion. The fact that she's willing to... uh, not follow the regular narrative, that makes her pretty brave, in my opinion. You know, they always talk about being brave, stunning, and courageous, and she seems to fit the bill, whereas Carrie Champion is just pulling standard operating liberal status quo. Follow all the zombies and the sheep to the meat grinder. I mean, let's be real here. Uh, Carrie Champion didn't like it. I'm sh- I, Jamel Hills already went after Sage Steele. And um, Carrie Champion's been really disappointing. The way she's decided to handle things, uh, she's went ultra-woke. It's all become about color and gender and all that crap involving social issues. She was so good at giving sports commentary and giving her two cents on sports. She used to come on Ryan Rossillo's show quite a bit, and she was very good at her job. Uh, I don't want to act like Carrie Champion wasn't. But these kind of comments are pathetic, okay? I mean, Sage still said, look, if women want to be taken seriously in this profession, how about you worry less about dressing to have somebody look at your ass and worry more about perfecting your craft and being good at your job? That is a thing. I hate to break it to you. Yeah. So tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. I commend Sage Steele. Um for coming out, uh, being brave, in my opinion, to say some of the things she did. Look, she obviously had to issue a statement because I'm sure Disney flat threatened her job. And, and and she knows. Let's be honest. In today's climate, if ESPN lets her go, where is she going to go to work? In today's media climate, I mean, really, her only option might might be OutKick. I don't know. I mean, it's something to think about. Uh, There's not a lot of options out there. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. 
The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk about the NBA, the Marxist NBA of China. Preseason games are going on right now as the NBA prepares for the 2021-2022 NBA season. And the talking point going into this season isn't about who's going to win the title. It's about who got the jab versus who did not get the jab. Now, guys, 95 percent of NBA players, according to reports, have gotten a jab. But that's not good enough, you know, to the Woke Sports Media, to the mob out there who is trying to vilify the players that have not gotten the jab. Now, guys, we've been pretty clear. If you want to get the jab, that's fine. If you don't want to get the jab, that's fine. You check with your doctor. You make that decision with your medical professional. We're not here to give you any type of medical advice. However, we know that certain cities have mandates in place. If you're in the People's Republic of New York in New York City, you have to get the jab to actually play. If you're in the People's Republic of California in San Francisco, go to State Warriors. You have to get the jab. Now, L.A. also, I believe, is now implementing the same thing. However, though, if you're going to play basketball in Toronto, in Ontario, they have probably some of the most strict uh, vaccine mandates out there. And this could actually greatly affect NBA players. And so we're going to be diving into that in this video, guys. First, make sure you guys check out blackandwhitenetwork.com. We have exclusive content, also free content here. Become a member today by clicking the members tab and you're going to get access to videos that only members can get. And memberships only start at five dollars per month. We're really trying to grow blackandwhitenetwork.com. So become a member today. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. Unvaccinated NBA players could face jail fines for breaking quarantine rules in Toronto. Wow. Yes, you heard that correct. And of course, you know, Toronto is not in the United States of America. But man, imagine this. If you don't got the jab and you break a quarantine rule, they could throw you in jail. This is crazy, guys. So let's go ahead. Let's uh, read this article here. NBA players who are unvaccinated against COVID-19 and come to Toronto to play against the Raptors this season could reportedly face jail time should be caught breaking quarantine. I think they kind of messed it up there, but you get the point. So if an NBA player goes to Toronto, breaks their quarantine rules, they could actually get thrown into jail. Crazy. According to The Athletic on Wednesday, unvaccinated basketball players must stay in their designated hotels and can only leave for team activities. Canada's Quarantine Act states that violations could result in up to six months in prison and or $750,000 in fines. Players have to pass PCR tests before traveling to Toronto this season per the NBA's health and safety rules. Unreal. Six months in jail. Pretty much if you leave your hotel room and you're not going to team activities, you can face six months in prison. 
This is authoritarianism to the extreme. It's the latest wrench teams who have unvaccinated players are facing this season. NBA players have come under fire for refusing to get the coronavirus vaccine, namely Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Isaac. Now, Andrew Wiggins, we already talked about him. He's gotten a jab now. Kyrie Irving has not. Jonathan Isaac has not because he said he's already had the virus and he has antibodies. Irving, the point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, asked for privacy while he got peppered with questions about his stance on the vaccine. Brooklyn doesn't know whether he will get the shot for the season. He may have to sit out home games and practices in New York City over local mandate laws. Now, Kyrie Irving can't play on the road, but if he goes to Toronto, man, all eyes are going to be on him. I mean, the media is probably just waiting for him to slip up if he's in Toronto. Can you imagine Kyrie Irving going to prison for six months for leaving his hotel room? Maybe just going to get something to eat because he hasn't gotten the jab. Yeah, Toronto could throw him in prison. Insane. Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors buckled down and got the vaccine, though he had been against it. Warriors coach Steve Kerr made the revelation earlier in the week. Isaac of the Orlando Magic had been skeptical about the vaccine, saying at media day he was uncomfortable getting the shot. He told Fox News on Monday he wasn't anti-vax at all. Quote, I believe that what I'm saying is rational, he told Shannon Bream. And it's free. We live in the land of the free and home of the brave. And we have the opportunity and the platform to say what it is that we feel that is right. I'm taking that right to do so, not just for me, but for all those people who feel like they they don't have a voice. So this is going to be interesting, folks. According to the Associated Press, the NBA said about 95 percent of players were vaccinated. The players have no vaccine mandate in the league. Yes, that's true. The players do not have a vaccine mandate. They were against that. But local officials, local politicians have implemented vaccine mandates that could greatly affect the NBA season. So Jonathan Isaac, if he goes to Toronto, breaks quarantine rules, he could go to prison. He could go to prison in a foreign country. Toronto is not a part of the United States of America, so he could get locked up. Now, would it actually happen? I believe that it really, really could. I mean, from what I'm understanding here, Toronto and Canada overall is extreme. Extreme. So I don't know if um, NBA teams are even going to want, you know, players like Jonathan Isaac or Kyrie Irving to even go to Toronto to play games. And in this case, you know, Jonathan Isaac plays for the Magic. Kyrie Irving plays for the Nets. They're in the same conference as Toronto in the Eastern Conference. Wow, this is just unreal, guys. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of the extreme mandate rules in Toronto? If NBA players break the quarantine rules set in Canada in Toronto, they could face six months in prison. This is completely insane, guys. Really, really insane, to tell you the truth. And I believe last season, 
the Toronto Raptors, it was so extreme up there, they didn't even play home games in Canada because of these strict lockdown rules. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk about Naomi Osaka, the tennis player. Or should I call her a former tennis player or part-time tennis player? Ever since the French Open this summer, Naomi Osaka has pretty much been a part-time tennis player. And when you become a part-time tennis player, folks, your game suffers You become inconsistent, and that is reflecting in the rankings of Naomi Osaka. Because now today, guys, Naomi Osaka, who's pretty much out there portraying herself as some type of a victim, her ranking is tumbling. Naomi Osaka now has officially dropped out of the top 10 of the WTA rankings. And we're going to be diving into that, folks, in this video, guys, first Check out blackandwhitenetwork.com for exclusive content. Grab a membership today. Three different membership plans, bronze, silver, and basic plan. Just starting at $5 per month, you get access to exclusive content like this Kyrie Irving video that I put up. I go more in depth on the whole Kyrie Irving situation. And also, Bubba Wallace Smollett. I did a video on him as well for the members. So get a membership today. But if you can't do that, just consider giving a one-time donation by clicking the donation tab. So let's go over and check this out on Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka falls out of women's tennis top 10. The four-time Grand Slam champion Osaka pulled out of the French Open in May, set out Wimbledon in July, lost quickly in the Tokyo Olympics. Yes, that's what happens when you're not consistent. You're going to lose more and also your ranking is going to suffer. But let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and dive into this article, guys. Former number one female tennis star Naomi Osaka is dropping like a stone in the WTA rankings, falling from seventh to twelfth this morning. Today's rankings marks the first time that Osaka has dropped out of the top 10 in the last three years, dating back to August 2018. Now, 2018, I believe that's when she really hit the scene. Uh, She had uh, beat Serena Williams. In a Grand Slam final and Serena, you know, pretty much had a meltdown because she was getting a butt kicked by Naomi Osaka. However, the last five months or so, Naomi Osaka, I believe she's done. I believe I said it in another video before, folks. I don't think she's going to win another significant tournament again. She's just not. Um, she's not right. I believe that she's pretty much, you know, given up on tennis. She said that it wasn't fun. And when you have that kind of a mindset, folks, you're not going to win very much. And this young lady is talented, you know, very, very talented, especially on the hard courts. However, that has not translated to the grass or to the clay. And I do believe that she had the potential to improve 
on those surfaces, but she wants to play the professional victim card out there. And the media is pretty much agreeing with her on this. Okay. It says the 23 year old has essentially quit playing tennis right in the midst of her athletic prime, referring back to her mental health. Anytime the media tries to question the unprecedented decision exactly right on the money. The four time Grand Slam champion Osaka pulled out of the French Open in May, set out Wimbledon in July, lost quickly in the Tokyo Olympics. Um, Osaka is of Haitian and Japanese descent like that really means anything. That's kind of irrelevant, irrelevant to this whole topic here. And then lost in the third round of the U.S. Open to unseated Canadian team Layla Fernandez. After the U.S. Open, Osaka said she planned on taking a break from tennis for a while. So she has essentially quit three times in like the last five months. The last five months. I believe that Naomi Osaka should just go ahead and announce her retirement. Because I believe if she continues this path of let me come back to this tournament, sit out for three months, let me come back again. She's not going to win. You know, she probably knows that she is not going to win. And Fox News even brings this up here. Same thing we talked about in previous videos here. It says, curiously, Osaka has found time to pose for magazine covers and do selective press events that interest her. But she still often blames the media for contributing to her mental health issues. Yes, because she wants to use the media to brand build. But when she has talked to the media for her job, she doesn't want to do that. That's the hypocrisy with Naomi Osaka. It goes on. It says, all told, the situation feels peculiar and baffling at times, given that so few elite athletes buck their incredible opportunities to earn fame and fortune. Worse, too, is the fact that she tends to blame others for her problems instead of understanding the unique responsibilities that come with professional athletes. Yeah, because when that that uh, the journalist, the member of the media asked her a question, I can't remember which tournament it was. She just started crying. And what happened? The woke sports media crushed this guy for just asking a fair question. I mean, you can't ask Naomi Osaka a fair question. The question wasn't even hard, folks. And she just crumbled, crumbled and broke down and didn't want to talk to him. And the woke sports media was just patting on the back, you know, babying her. Oh, it's going to be OK. It's going to be OK. Uh, just forget this other guy. He's mean. He, he's racist and all this. It's ridiculous, folks. It really is. But are you guys surprised that Naomi Osaka has now dropped out of the top 10, ranked number 12? And the way the rankings work, it's on a yearly basis. So you gain points by how far you actually get in the tournaments. And if you don't at least match where you got the previous season before, you start losing points. And Naomi Osaka played a full season last year and she's been a part time player now. She's losing points, which actually causes her ranking to drop. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. How far will Naomi Osaka tumble in the rankings? She's going to go down hard, I believe, because I don't see her coming back on a consistent basis ever again. She wants to brand build. She wants to be a victim. Yes, this is going to cause your career to suffer. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time.
Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, if there is one sports league that needs good press, it is the WNBA. This is a league that we have covered on this channel and every single video we have put up. It has not been good. This is a league that loses around $10 million per year. And the only reason why they're still um, in business is because they're subsidized by the NBA. And actually, the WNBA, I believe, is actually more woke than the NBA. And one of the most woke teams out there in the WNBA is the Atlanta Dream. The Atlanta Dream got all into politics. They were all into the Georgia runoff elections. Uh, they turned their back on their um, the team team owner uh, last se- last year or earlier this year when they had the runoff elections. It was a disaster. And yet now the Atlanta Dream are in the news once again for all the wrong reasons. The Atlanta Dream now have a real problem on their hands as they have now dropped their leading score. The leading score of this team, uh, Courtney, um, what's her name? Courtney Williams. She will not be returning to the Atlanta Dream because there was a viral video out there, folks, of her and some other members of the Dream in an all out brawl behind this uh, food truck in Atlanta. A very, very bad look for the woke WNBA. So we're going to be diving into that in this video, guys. First, make sure you guys go over to blackandwhitenetwork.com. This is where we post exclusive content for our members over there. There's also some free stuff. But if you do become a member, you get access to private videos, three different membership plans just starting at $5 per month. But if you don't want to do that, we do have a donation tab where you can drop a one-time donation. Let's go ahead. Let's get into this, guys. You can see here dream drop leading scorer Courtney Williams after she posted video of fight at Atlanta food truck. Now, I saw the actual fight and I wish I could actually show it to you guys here. But for some reason, YouTube does not like us actually showing videos of fights. Now, however, this fight actually happened in May. I heard about this news yesterday, but I thought it happened like over the weekend or something like that. No. It happened in May, months ago, before the WNBA season even started. And Courtney Williams apparently has a YouTube channel and posted it to YouTube. And then that's when all hell broke loose. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. Atlanta Dream Guard Courtney Williams apologized on social media on Monday for a video she posted to her YouTube channel that made light of a fight she was involved in earlier this year. The decision seems to have cost her and a teammate their jobs. Williams teammate Crystal Bradford, former teammate Kalani Brown and others were seen in a brawl in a parking lot near a food truck in the Atlanta area. It's not clear specifically when the video took place, though the fight happened in May after the WNBA season had already started. Okay, so I believe I said that Because before the WNBA season, no, apparently the season had already started. But that's kind of irrelevant, especially since nobody watches the WNBA. 
In her video, which she later deleted from YouTube, Williams was seen making light of the fight. She apologized on Monday morning, probably because she knew she was going to lose her job. Uh, But she said this. I want to sincerely apologize for the video posted yesterday. I would never want to represent myself or the organization in a negative way. I'm learning every day. So I ask for grace as I'm growing. Again, I apologize to all attached and I will be better moving forward. Now, I don't know what made her actually post this. Considering this happened in May, what is this? This is uh, October now. What made her, what possessed her to actually post this video of her fighting other people? She had to know that the dream wasn't going to like this and it was just going to be a bad look for her. But it goes on here, it says, it's unclear specifically what led up to the fight. Williams said in her since deleted YouTube video that law enforcement was not involved. It does not seem that anyone in the video was seriously injured. Now, from what I understand, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, her. Somebody was saying something about her girlfriend or something like that. I'm not really sure. Uh, so don't quote me on that. But something like that led to the all out brawl behind there. And the clip is like a minute and 40 seconds long. And man, they are just swinging at each other in that video. But nobody, at least for the most part, even knew about the fight until Williams posted the video herself. She and her girlfriend, YouTube personality, uh, Glamma Zante, I guess that's the way you pronounce the name, put up the nearly 40 minute video on Sunday. That decision seems to have cost Williams a job as a dream have reportedly informed both her and Bradford that they will not be re-signed under any circumstance. And here's the tweet that was put out by um, Howard uh, Medall. The Atlanta Dream have informed both Crystal Bradford and Courtney Williams that they will not be re-signed under, under any circumstances. Multiple sources familiar with the team's thinking tell uh, the Nets, Hoops and WNBA. But um, I was actually looking to see if the Atlanta Dream were in the playoffs. They are not. So their season is already over. And Courtney Williams and Crystal Bradford will not be coming back. You know, I've never seen a team, you know, actually basically fired a leading score over a fight. Now, if this was the NBA where, you know, the star players make the money, I believe that um she would still have a job right now. But the WNBA is such a dumpster fire. Nobody drives revenue. What was the point of even keeping her on the team? You know, but it says, meanwhile, the WNBA said in a short statement via ESPN, we just became aware of the video and are in the process of gathering more information. The dream has said it was investigating too, before opting to move on from the players. Quote, the behavior in the video is unacceptable and does not align with our values as an organization. The dream said via ESPN. We're taking this matter very seriously and working with the lead to gather more information and determine net steps. Williams averaged a career-high 16.5 points per game and 6.8 rebounds this season for the Dream and earned her first All-Star nod. So she's an All-Star. Well, not anymore for the Dream, anyway. The 27-year-old will become a free agent in January. Bradford averaged 8.8 points and 3.8 points per game this season, though she was sidelined in August due to a foot injury. Bradford, who is in her second 
uh, season in the league will also become a free agent. Brown appeared in one game for the Dream this season, her third in the league, though she was waived in May. So there you have it, guys. Courtney Williams dropped by the Atlanta Dream. I'm pretty sure, you know, Courtney Williams probably want to rethink posting that video on YouTube. Uh, the Internet is forever, even though she deleted the video. The Internet is forever and it's out there. You guys go and check it out for yourself. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Courtney Williams needs to find a new employer in the WNBA. The Atlanta Dream said that they will not re-sign her and also the other young lady in the viral video. This is hilarious, guys. It really, really is. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, yesterday we found out that Golden State Warriors player Andrew Wiggins did, in fact, get the jab. He was facing setting out home games in Golden State and San Francisco where the city's got a mandate, okay? Uh, a mandate where you indoor, anything indoors, you have to have the jab. Uh, that's, and, and he was also facing, let's be honest, he was going to have to miss any games in New York, New Jersey, where they also have a similar mandate on the jab. Now we've been very vocal on this channel about the fact that, look, if you want the jab, that's fine. Okay. Congratulations. That's great. It's your personal freedom and choice to get, get said jab. If you don't, that's also up to you. We feel like that's your personal freedom. And there should not be a mandate from an employer, from sports organizations, anything like that, that, that essentially forces you into a corner. And uh, look, people will say, well, Andrew Wiggins could have quit. Come on. I mean, you, 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 for somebody to hold out from getting it as long as they did when he was facing probably losing somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 million dollars, he must have felt pretty strongly about it, and I hate that he feels like he was coerced. He was essentially pushed into a corner to have to get this thing, okay? He did bend the knee. He did get it, but he has made some comments. He has come out, and he's, he's explained exactly how he feels about the fact that he had to get it. NBA star Andrew Wiggins hopes others, quote, keep fighting after he felt forced to get vaccinated, you don't own your body. Yikes. Hey, NBA, I thought you were really out there about these black basketball players not feeling like they were owned. Okay. More than 95% of NBA players have been vaccinated against COVID, but many of them did so reluctantly while continuing to express distrust in the jab. Golden State Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins was among the most curious holdouts considering San Francisco's indoor vaccine mandate. The NBA has not mandated vaccines for its players, but the city protocols were set to bar Wiggins from entering 
Warriors Home Arena on game day. San Francisco can't clean up the homeless problem, can't get crime under control, but you can force people to not go into a building over a shot. After having his request for religious exemption denied, I still don't quite understand that. If you put in for a religious exemption, what exactly gives an employer the right to decline said exemption and make a judgment call on your religion? I don't exactly understand that. Wiggins gave in and got vaccinated, just as all of his Warriors teammates already did. Quote, I feel like my only option was to get vaccinated or not play in the NBA. Wiggins told reporters this week, it feels good to play, but getting vaccinated, that's going to be something that stays in my mind for a long time. It's not something I wanted to do, but I was kind of forced. Wiggins, who would have been eligible to play in road games for the Warriors, if he continued to refuse the vaccine, would have lost half of near $30 million in salary by sitting out home contest. He says, quote, I guess you don't own your own body. Wiggins continued, that's what it comes down to. If you want to work in society today, then I guess they made the rules of what goes in your body and what you do. See, that's where I have the problem, too. Don't invade people's personal bubbles. I mean, it's, I, I, I just cannot get down with that. Hopefully, there's a lot of people out there that are stronger than me and keep fighting and stand for what they believe, and hopefully it works out for them. Among those still fighting is Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, who uh, is staring at a significant financial loss because of New York City's vaccine mandates that will bar him from the Barclays Center for home games. The Warriors star acknowledged part of his resistance to the vaccine was already, he had already had the virus. And quote, it wasn't too bad. Wiggins also stated he previously had an allergic reaction to Tylenol, which was scary, and causes him to now carry an EpiPen. I'm allergic to, to wasp like that. I've got an EpiPen. But according to 26-year-old NBA forward, his biggest hesitations stem from the uncertainty around long-term side effects. And I know for a lot of people that uh, that I know that hasn't chose, chosen to get the thing, um, that's always what they go back to is what are the long-term side effects. And we're not getting into that, so YouTube doesn't get a bent out of shape. But... You get the point, okay? Generally speaking, a lot of people that, look, are do not want to go through with it, are, are not quite ready for it, they have their own personal reasons for feeling that way, okay? And, you know, who am I or anybody else watching this video to tell people what to do with their own bodies? It's, it's ridiculous. Um, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And don't... Don't hit me with the Texas law down here that everybody's been out of shape about because there are, in fact, two bodies involved there. Okay, so tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Andrew Wiggins, I don't blame him for feeling like he was forced. Was he technically, literally forced? No. But they damn sure backed him into a corner. And, you know, I never, ever have any empathy or sympathy for NBA players, generally speaking. But um, when somebody's trying to earn employment and they're willing to work, I don't think something like this ought to come into play. I just don't. Okay. Uh, P. 
Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road Rants for a Black and White Live. Well, the Urban Meyer Apology Tour continues as he has finally addressed the team, the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. Uh, this morning, I did a video where it had come out that he had only individually apologized to positional groups of the players at a time. And because of that, frankly, and the fact that they didn't like his excuses, uh, he was starting to lose the team. Now, we got to remember in all of this, before any of this started, there were already rumblings that Urban Meyer was losing the team. Three weeks ago, I did a video with the thumbnail that said meltdown because he was going around threatening jobs of coaches. By the way, Daryl Bevel's the offensive coordinator. He's one of the most respected guys in all of the NFL. And I'm thinking, if you if if you uh, threaten Daryl Bevel's job, that is a great way to get a shitty reputation around the NFL real fast. And my guess would be if Urban resigns or get his a- gets his ass run off by Shad Khan, Daryl Bevel will probably be the head coach of the Jaguars in the interim. He's been a finalist for head coaching jobs before in the NFL. Now, some other people said, hey, why is this a story? Yada, yada, yada. It's a story because you're staring down one of the best college coaches being being let go in the NFL, okay? And being let go at possibly record speed, okay? The last time we saw something kind of like this was Bobby Petrino when he decided to drag up from Atlanta because of Michael Vick. Michael Vick wasn't going to be available because of all the dogfighting things. And Petrino had taken the job thinking, oh, I'm going to get to coach Michael Vick. Nope, you're not because he's going to federal prison. That's why. Uh, So let's get to this. And there's two sections of this because we hear from Urban Meyer's family finally too. Uh, the this Both these articles are going to be from OutKick. According to NFL's network's Ian Rappaport, Urban Meyer isn't done apologizing. Apparently, he addressed the entire team today and expressed it with remorse for his actions over the weekend. Uh, they go on to hammer Urban. Uh, here's what Ian says. Hashtag Coach Urban Meyer addressed his full team today to express remorse and responsibility for his actions from over the weekend. Uh, Outkick hammers him and is like, you need to apologize to your wife. That's who you need to apologize to. Uh, I do agree with Outkick on that. Now, this is from Urban Meyer's family. They break their silence. We're, quote, moving on. It appears Urban Meyer, who spent the week on defense apologizing for allowing a blonde to grind on him while partying at Columbus At a Columbus hotspot in an Instagram story released Wednesday afternoon, Meyer's daughter, Gigi, broke the family's silence on the matter and said they're, quote, ready to move on. As a family, we're good, Gigi said, adding, quote, 
we have human things that we deal with, and this is one of those things. But the good news is we know my dad, and we know his character, and he's literally the most incredible person I know in my entire life. Monday, Urban apologized to the franchise, his players, his family for letting the things get crazy at the bar. It was stupid. I should have left. A coach shouldn't be a, distra- a distraction. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, uh, he shouldn't be a distraction. There's a lot of distractions on the team, but the coach should not be one of them. That's why everybody's pounding his ass right now. Gigi Meyer says enough is enough. People have had fun with the story, but it's time to move on and get back to normal. Quote, we're all decided we're going to move on, all right? She said on Instagram, we're moving on. Life is good. We are blessed and have the most incredible family in the entire world. Uh, Here's the thing. Unfortunately for Gigi, until the Jacksonville Jaguars make a definitive decision on Urban and USC's coaching job gets closed, this is going to be a continuing narrative, no matter what. It's going to be. Um, Mike Florio today suggested that... There's another fly in the ointment here for Urban that all the time there are deals made between the league and teams, okay? Behind the scenes where people never know these deals happen, wink, nod agreements. They believe right now the Texans and the NFL's got one together this very moment on Deshaun Watson. In other words, hey, Texans, as long as you don't play him, we won't suspend him. Well, okay. The feeling is the Jacksonville Jaguars plays in London in two weeks. And there very may well be a conversation from Roger Goodell to Shad Khan, in theory, that Roger may tell Shad, we don't want Urban Meyer representing an NFL team as a head coach in, when we go to London to play overseas in London. We don't want him over there representing uh, NFL football because of these actions. It's embarrassing to the league, yada, yada, yada. Now, we that's purely speculation, but it's realistic speculation according to Mike Florio and what he said on Pro Football Talk this morning. Uh, so I find that interesting uh, that the biggest, one of the, the things we never even thought about is the fact that the NFL may want him out of the NFL over this incident and because they feel like it embarrasses the league. Now, one could say with all the felons that the NFL has let back in the league, this is what you would choose as to embarrass the league. But it's important to note, players versus coaches is a whole different animal, okay? Coaches aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt that some really great players are going to end up getting. I mean, that's just plain and simple. They're going to hold coaches, much like quarterbacks, to a higher standard than a safety or a running back on the team. That's just a fact. So, tell me what you think, black and white live fans. This Urban Meyer thing's not going away. Like I said, until the NFL, Jacksonville for sure, you know, the owner doesn't seem like he trusts Urban at all right now. And until USC closes, hires a coach and closes, Urban Meyer's on USC watch right now, too. Make no mistake, he is on USC watch. All right. Peace. I'm out. Till next. 
Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.